Hello, this is Lady Sarah, and you are listening to The Basement Lounge. Hey guys, this is Mike Shea, and I want to talk to you about Anchor. Yes, Anchor is the brand new free way for you to get your podcast career off and running without any cost to you. Simply download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast to give you everything you need in one place for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds play magnifique without having to worry about all the costly setup. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. They set you up with awesome sponsors. All you got to do is record a script, kind of like what I'm doing now, throw it onto your show and start making money. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get your podcast career off and running right now. Just do it already. DMZ Films is set to begin production on a new film and they're looking for investors to get involved with this new project. The film is called The Zone and it's a fantasy comedy about all the different places in our minds that we go when we listen to music. It's an exploration of the human condition with the promise of laughs, tears, and self-discovery. You can become an executive producer on the film as well as receive other awards and gifts along the way by donating to the film's budget on GoFundMe. Simply go to GoFundMe.com slash TheZoneFilm to donate. Follow DMZ Films on Facebook for more information and updates. Once again, go to GoFundMe.com slash TheZoneFilm to become an executive producer of the next DMZ Films project, The Zone, written and directed by Michael Arche. Thank you. Are you a fan of zombies, magic, dark comedy, and government conspiracies? Then you'll enjoy the new serial podcast, Dead Serious, Memoirs of an Undead Loser. Created by writer Travis Diffenderfer, Dead Serious unfolds a tale of witchcraft, the undead, and the secrets behind the end of the world through the recovered audio journals of the last known survivors of the zombie apocalypse. Season 1 is available now on Anchor and Apple Podcasts. Binge the whole thing at once and have your brains tantalized before they're devoured. For more information, go to www.deadseriouspod.com. Dead Serious, memoirs of an undead loser. Spread the word, the undead army needs you. Hey guys, this is Mike, and before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know that you can now join the Basement Lounge team by supporting the show on Patreon. Right now, we have a $1 tier that is so full of cool rewards, you'd be a fool to pass it up. Just go to patreon.com slash basementloungepod to sign up right away, and now, on with the show. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, and settle in, because you're in... The Basement Lounge. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of The Basement Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Shea, and this is the cool, relaxed place where we sit back and we speak with people working in the entertainment industry, be they musicians, comedians, models, or in the case of today, uh, we've got ourselves a voice actor by the name of... Oh, 
like. Oh, 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 oh. It's Mickey Mouse, guys. Mickey's I here. It's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and Goofy. <laughs> the whole gang is here. What? How did, That's what? right. That's right. <laughs> I can't, it's I, very good to be here today. I, I can't believe and you guys are here. Arthur Thomas. Hey, what's up? What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, bro? Oh, that's the best. That's the best. In, oh, that's fuck anything else I was going to say, man. That's the best right there. Holy shit. Uh, Arthur, man, good to have you on the show, buddy. Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. Uh, so yeah, so Arthur, Arthur is a voice actor. Um, we, we, trust me, I got something about that. Um, Arthur, you're currently working, we're, we're just going to hit this shit right off the top of the bat here. You're currently, uh, a cast member for the, uh, horror, uh, audio, audio podcast, uh, Dead Serious. Uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Dead Serious, uh, is a, it's a scripted podcast series. It's a, it's horror dark comedy it's about the end of the world it's about zombies and magic and government conspiracies yeah, it's really cool shit. really really cool really tongue-in-cheek you know really um not really that long long in, in form actually kind of you like you get in and out honestly um just kind of a serialized podcast it's really nice and and you play you play the mole on, on, right. on dead series i play the mole <laughs> you, you have you yeah. have the best laugh for that okay like I'm, you have the best fucking laugh for that um for those who don't already know uh, I, I i produce uh dead serious uh and and uh do a little bit of acting on it and i got to hear we, we, we didn't get season two isn't here yet where we just wrapped season one um, mm-hmm. And season two is when we really, really, really get to meet the mole. And I've heard some of your recordings for season two. And oh, may, what do you think? Oh, may I just say, sir, fuck you, because I have to go after you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to follow that shit. <laughs> and it's really good. And I, I don't want to go too into it because, you know, I don't want to spoil it for season two. But all I can just say is, you son of a bitch, you're making me have to work hard. <laughs> Oh man, it's all the sport, bro. It's all about the sport. <laughs> how did you? How? How in the hell? Like, like, what is it about a show like like Dead Serious? I'm not knocking on Dead Serious. I'm, I'm I love the show. I'm happy to be a part of it. But what is it about a show like Dead Serious that pulls you in and you're like, I want to do that? Well, um, honestly, I mean, ever since I was little. Um, I was a very early reader, and um, honestly, some of the stuff that I started reading out loud was Calvin and Hobbes. Me and my sister would read Calvin and Hobbes out loud together, and I would just always, you know, take all of the parts. And I didn't even realize what I was doing back then was acting. You know, mm-hmm. like I just uh, first of all, I just loved. I'm a, I'm I'm an illustrator. I do a bunch of things. I, I write. I direct. I do illustrations and and uh, voiceover and things like that. So, but early on, I was an illustrator and the, the you know, Bill Watterson and Calvin Hobbes kept, was so captivating that it was also so funny. And like, I just got a kick out of doing all the voices. So I'm really voracious when it comes to reading any sort of like thing that's written well and has a lot of great characters. So, um, 
you know, fast forward to now when we, we got to the Dead Serious, like, um, he really gave me this meaty part to to really work on. Um, I think um, I found him through, a, like, a Facebook post and stuff. So when he listened to my reel, like, my reel, I got, I, I'm kind of versatile as far as, like, my range and stuff. So uh, based off of my reel, he gave me that character. So, yeah, I just uh, really appreciate what Travis was able to, uh, give me for something like this because it's it was really fun, pretty challenging, you know. Yeah, he's got he's got some characters written. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I've known Travis a long time. I don't know where he gets some of these ideas from, but I'm I'm also mm-hmm. I'm also never shocked when he, he makes has it look, this. He makes it a little easy too. He makes it look a little easy. <laughs> I know what it's he's doing. Kind of frustrating when when you think about how hard <laughs> I, you have to work. It's like he just pulls this shit out of his ass and takes me all <laughs> takes me all day to think of a title for something. So how did you? You said you, you, I I grew I grew up on Calvin and Hobbes, man. Calvin and Hobbes was my shit. I I always thought. Oh yeah. If there was a comic strip that was begging to be turned into a cartoon, it was it was Calvin and Hobbes, man. Man, I, I, I'm telling you this, man. Like, I've been planning and storyboarding the Calvin and Hobbes movie since I was, like, 15. I have the, how the whole movie works out. Like, I just, uh, my intro begins with this crazy Spaceman Spiff scene that's in the canyon, you know, and, like, uh, it looks like Star Wars until, like, you start intercutting, you know, uh, Calvin trying to escape from his mom from trying to take a bath and it keeps intercutting from him, like, being chased by a swarm of aliens. Oh, my Calvin Hobbes is just so inspiring, like, on so many different, like, fantastical platforms, you know? I remember when I was when I was in elementary school, uh, our school library had a bunch of the collected Calvin and Hobbes books, and it was you were mm-hmm. constantly on a waiting list because they were oh, always yeah. checked out, man. Oh, it's, oh yeah, man. That's If you've never if, if you're listening to this right now and you've never read the Calvin and Hobbes comics, hey, I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> wrong with you. First of all, <laughs> but second of all, you, you I, just, I just couldn't I just couldn't wait till every Sunday, like yeah. when the big the big colored issue would come out. It was, and you know, like I mean, you didn't know back then, but like if you think about it now, like usually Calvin Hobbes was ahead of Peanuts. Oh yeah, you know, they would be the top like um, strip to start the whole Sunday comics off. Because you, you know, he would do those big. Those big, almost like quarter page uh, strips. You know, mm-hmm. they were like four four lines long. Um, I mean, like his his sun his Sunday comics were just ah, oh, they were something else. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, art and, like just hugely influential to me, like writing wise, art style wise, just like just like ideals and and morality wise, like and and teaching me vocabulary and <laughs> everything. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing how much you can actually because I mean like that was a comic that would bring up and I mean it, it wasn't it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like the Opus the Penguin comics that really got into the politics and stuff, but it definitely it brought up like like there were a couple times I had to go ask my mom like mom what does this mean and she's like where'd you hear about that and I'm like it's a Calvin and Hobbes, um, mm-hmm. it made you learn but yeah Calvin I think Calvin and Hobbes really it, it shaped my sense of humor for one I can I can promise you that oh yeah. Um, oh, it's, yeah. it's just shaped so much of my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. so you you opened the show with 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 introducing us to some some famous Disney characters. I I heard a rumor, and you can confirm or deny this. I've heard you can do an entire scene from The Lion King. Uh, 
doing <laughs> doing every character. What did Travis tell you? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you. I, look, I ain't gonna reveal my sources, but um, yeah, is that is that true? Yeah, I memorized The Lion King when I was 12. Like, I memorized like the whole movie. Shit. And uh, I said, like, you know, by the time I was 12, I had saw it like 199 times. I mean, dude, that was the most successful uh, home videotape of its time. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't think anything beat it like, as far as uh, VHS sales. You know, who knows what that is? Like, adjusted, uh, like adjusted for uh, inflation. But, um, that that was big in a major way. I mean, it was like nothing like it. Now, I mean, there's all these um, not really quite of a rumor, but there's there's this idea that they kind of uh, stole it from this uh, Japanese uh, animated thing that kind of like sullies like the image. But otherwise, that's still like one of the top best Disney animated films. Like, oh, like sure. period. As far as, as far as like animation, as far as like the soundtrack, as far as the cast. Uh, like the Oscars that I won for its songs, yeah. like spawning that Broadway show. I you mean, know, the, the, like the, 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 the fucking Elton John movie. The Elton John songs oh, yeah. in that are just are flawless, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, like, I mean, it's 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 heads up, like on like you know how you feel about the live action one. I I I feel like the live action one um, was a feat in animation because there's no way it looks like animation ever throughout the whole movie i just it's insane you know it's it's so funny because um if we didn't love the original so much we, we we'd really be talking about how marvelous that movie looks but we're so used to cgi graphics and stuff all we can do is shit on that movie <laughs> i i mean admittedly the, the 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 remake that just came out this year i, I admittedly was not a fan um oh cool you, you worked on it huh you said you worked on it. I didn't work on it. Just, just, I just, I just, I didn't like it. Um, oh yeah, I was yeah. was not a. It, fan. Has, it definitely oh, no, has problems God, no. for sure. If, if I if I worked on that movie, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing this. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I I I applaud the film, and I talked about some my review of it. I I applaud the film uh, for the the animation. The CGI is 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 flawless. Um, yeah. I just that that's so many problems with how they did that movie. Uh, it has a lot of problems. Um, like Beyonce is just Beyonce. She doesn't turn into Nala. You just you just hear Beyonce, and it's like it takes you out of the movie. Oh yeah. Um, and then like, can you uh, feel the yeah, love John tonight? Favreau, takes John, place during the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> John John Favreau made. I mean, he. I don't understand what happened from Jungle Book to Lion King because in Jungle Book, like the animals emoted. And it didn't sacrifice the realism. Yeah. But for some reason, he didn't want to make any of the animals emote on Lion King. Like on Lion King, which is like equatable to Hamlet. Equatable? Like you, fucking is Hamlet, man. <laughs> basically. I'm just saying. And you choose like not to make any of these characters emote. So yeah. that was weird. I, I it's just, especially when they're singing soul songs at some point, like yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. The, oh. My my favorite part of the movie though was Timon and Pumbaa. Like oh, Billy yeah. and and Seth, Seth were amazing. And you know what? You know what it is. <laughs> if, if you it, when I when I watched the movie, it felt it felt to me like 
everybody else seemed like they recorded their dialogue independently, alone in a booth. But it felt like yeah. Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen got to be in the room together and fuck around with each yeah. other. It, it felt yeah. more organic. Um, oh, definitely. And I also don't know why they felt the need to scotch tape a Beyonce song in the in, over the. Oh, well, because it's Beyonce. Oh, because it's fucking Beyonce. It's Beyonce. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's Beyonce, bro. It's fucking Beyonce. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, like biggest star on earth right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess whatever. Beyonce. It's fine. Yeah, but I I had the same problem with that movie Home with uh, with Rihanna in it. Every song was a Rihanna song, and it was like you know this doesn't feel very sci-fi when I got Rihanna doing her thing. Every couple minutes, but it is what it is. Um, so, <laughs> so, as far as uh, the, the movie, um, um, as as I've gotten older, I usually only get certain scenes asked of me. So, um, I've only been able to do maybe like six scenes from that movie now. Oh, oh, is to, that all? When, oh, when is, I, is that all? You can only do six <laughs> scenes from the movie. Is that it? <laughs> I used to, uh, I, I would get detention sometimes and I wouldn't care because I would just play the movie in my head. <laughs> <Do the voice. laughs> I, I'm not going to let you out of here until you, until you do a scene for me, man. I mean, you, you realize that, right? All right. I'll give you, I'll give you three choices. I'll give you, um, let's see, uh, uh, Mufasa Scarzazu, uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Or uh, the hyenas. Uh let's let, let me get uh, just just because let me let me get uh, uh, Mufasa, Scar, and Zazu, man. Oh sure, sure. All right, you ready? Yeah, the dude. After you, man. Life's not fair, is it? You see, I will I shall never be king, and you shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> And you? Didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with your food? Who's asked you what do you want? I'm here to announce King Mufasa's on his way. So you'd better make an excuse for missing the ceremony this morning. Oh, now look, Zazu. You made me lose my lunch. <laughs> he knows more than that when the king gets through with you. He's as mad as a hit over there, honey. Oh, uh, I quiver with fear. Now, Scar, please don't look at me that way. <laughs> Scar. Mm-hmm. Drop him. Impeccable timing, Your Majesty. <laughs> Why? Then if it isn't my big brother descending from Mount High to mingle with the commoners. Sir Robbie and I didn't see at the presentation of Simba. That was today. Oh, I feel simply awful. <laughs> Must have slipped my mind. Yes, so when a slippery your mind is, as a king's brother, you should have existed, man. I was set in mine. And his little hairball was born. That hairball is my son and your future king. Oh, I shall practice my curtsy. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. <laughs> Kimper, Timper, I wouldn't dream of challenging you. Kitty, why not? Well, as far as brains go, I have the lion chair. When it comes to brute strength, 
Well, I'm afraid I'm in the shuttle end of the gene pool. There's one in every family, sire. Two in mine, actually. And they always manage to ruin special occasions. Who am I going to do with him? He make a very fashionable fur rug. Zazu. Just think, and then he gets dirty, you can take him out and beat him. <laughs> That's right, I can. That's it. <laughs> hey, man, well done. Very nice. <laughs> very nice. Oh, oh, thanks, bro. That's, oh, it's uh, this is why, folks. This is why. This is why he's 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 in dead serious, and this is why when season two drops, all, all I can say, folks, is when season two drops, you are in for an absolute, absolute fucking treat. Um, uh, you're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. I understand you've got a you got a t-shirt business. Oh yeah, um, we have a company called uh, the Star Society. Uh, this is like you know, kind of the art stuff that I do. I do graphic design, illustration. Oh, nice! I actually, just finished finished a children's book. Um, uh, the, the company uh, we we basically do custom designs. You know, we can print anything on a shirt because we do full sublimation. So, uh, yeah, I've been working there for a year, helping them put together the business and stuff. So I, I, uh, at one point we were doing shirts for Snoop Dogg and stuff, and uh, just trying to increase shit. our clientele. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You can see some of it on, on my Instagram. I'm um I'm at Dreamboat82 on Instagram. You can see my art and my superior love for Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of Steven Universe fan art. I love that show. Me and my daughter love that show. My daughter Daphne. <laughs> how did you man? How did you how did you pick up doing a job for Snoop Dogg, man? Um, so one of our one of our guys that worked in the company earlier has like uh, direct contact with a bunch of uh, uh, musician acts and stuff. So like anywhere as far as Travis Scott and um, you know like a bunch of people in uh, Snoop Dogg's like uh, a group of of uh, uh, artists that he knows and stuff. So we were doing shirts for Corrupt and and a few other people. Did you get to meet Snoop? Uh, uh, late last year. No, I didn't meet Snoop. Um, you know, Snoop was, he's mostly been touring, so he's so busy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Yeah, it's like his, his people his people will come to the office, though, his stuff, check out the stuff. I, ho- I hope one day we get to have people, you know, just to, <laughs> just to have our own people that we can just send off to take care of shit for us. Oh, man, I don't trust people. <laughs> I need to go myself. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you get to that point, man, you got a bunch of sycophants. Like, they don't really know what they're doing and just worried about, you know, being in the good graces of said, you know, celebrity and stuff. You're like me, man. You're a control freak like me. You like to make sure that you, right. everything is That's done exactly right. right. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> so have you, are you, now you're, you're living in L.A. right now. Uh, when did you first yeah. get out to L.A.? I'm from Hollywood. Oh, you're from there? Yeah, I'm from Hollywood, California. Oh shit! What's what's yeah, up? Born in Born in Cedar Sinai. So what what's it like growing? I mean, because because I mean, you know, L.A. Hollywood, like it's it's you know up on this pedestal. What's it like? Like, but for you, it's just home. Like, what's it like growing up somewhere honestly, like that? Honestly, man? dude, it's it's really not like home at all. Um, because. Um, it's, it's a, it's an odd thing growing up in Hollywood. Um, because I, first of all, I was an eighties baby. 
So I was like right there, like in the middle of like uh, punk punk culture and like a huge shift. Like there was such a huge shift in the '80s, like like on so many different platforms, from music to politics to like social norms, you know. Um, and then like what was happening to Hollywood at the time is old Hollywood was dying, and it was op- opening it up for new Hollywood. So like a bunch of like mainstays of Hollywood was disappearing and just like you that whole trend has never disappeared. If you keep on Hollywood, it's like every three months like the architecture changes, you know? So like um you know, it's it's it just feels like coming from nowhere. You know <laughs> when when you when you're born there. That's interesting, man. Yeah, you, you you would think that maybe you just you know because you know people like me you know I'm gonna see Hollywood L.A. as with this like with this like sheen over it you know this almost like almost just like this this like it's just this polished thing and normally you... that's the typical that's the typical idea because I mean when you when you're when you're represent when you're presented L A. and Hollywood when you're outside of L A. and Hollywood all you see is the glitz and the glam you know. Um, have you visited? I haven't been able to visit yet. No, it's that's oh, okay. I'm trying to get out there. Well, I mean, I mean, most people when they visit, it's just like, oh, this is it, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, again, it's, it's a lot of glitz and glam. It's it's great when you can go on a studio tour and you're randomly able to see a celebrity, but you know, it tends to be a, a bit disappointing. You know, unless you're like a real dunko like movie fan or whatever and you get excited about seeing stars on the sidewalk you know but for me you know every day is like a group of tourists from other places you know so where's the familiarity in that you know it just always winds up being kind of a new herd of people and you know and and again like i don't decry these people I'm, i'm always excited about people being excited about anything but as far as like me kind of feeling like this is home, those sort of things about Hollywood keep it constantly from being a home. You know, that's 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 an interesting way to look at it, and that's not something I'd ever really considered before. Um, yeah, because I, 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 I've never lived anywhere that was necessarily very touristy. Um, but uh-huh. that that's a really interesting take on it, man. You know, you, you, a lot of times you don't think. You think of these places as these, even even somewhere like you know Orlando or New York City, like you think of them as these big uh, touristy attractions. But a lot of times you forget that like there are people who live there, and and mm-hmm. it, they they see a side of it that maybe we don't always get to see. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, I mean, I've been to New York. Uh, I would say I was glad that I got to spend time on the East Coast. At one point, I was going to Kellington School of the Arts. And okay. um, I really liked, I really liked the East Coast um, because, like, they're just much more serious about the craft out there. You know, you know, there's people that are serious out here, but there's this kind of, uh, there's this certain, um, you know, mode that hits you when you come out here. You know, because there's a lot of people that fake the funk, but right. have the look and have the talk when they don't know anything what they're doing you know mm-hmm. and um but as long as you can fake the funk a lot you can make it pretty far you can actually just be a hollywood executive and know nothing right you know? <laughs> depending yeah. on depending on who you know and 
Yeah, but that doesn't fly like in the East Coast, you know, unless you're like a really sharp con man or whatever. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, you have to really shut up or put up out there. You know, so. Yeah, East Coast, East Coast mind, is no bullshit, man. There's no bullshit out there. Yeah, here. that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't I would mind, like, like spending, like, a, a great period of my childhood out in the East Coast, you know, because it, it definitely molds you into, like, a really serious kind of person, no matter, like, which path you're going. You know, I only got to stay out there for uh, like a good two years or whatever when I was in my youth. That's a cool take on it, man. That's again, it's like I said, that's something that not a lot of people I think ever really take into account. They they just see a place like L.A. as this as a goal and not as just it can just as easily be just another place. Uh, just, just like, just like a, a little Midwest town, it can, it can just be just a regular place. It's all about, it's all about perspective. I think perspective is a very big thing uh, oh, yeah. when it comes to anything in life. Um, you, oh, yeah. you, you mentioned earlier. Uh, you, you said you do the graphic design and all that. Uh, you did a children's book recently. Yeah, I did a children's book. It's called um, uh, For, For, Forgotten Baby, oh, and uh, okay. it actually highlights. Uh, it's it's written by Nicole Lina and a Crystal Star and myself and I did all the illustration and uh, it's uh, set to come out soon. I just finished illustrating it. It took me a year to do it because honestly, I I work on so many things. I make it easy for myself to procrastinate on stuff so <laughs> I can wa- watch YouTube and play Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this project was a little hard for me to do. Um, I, I, I came from foster care. I lived, lived in over 20 homes. And um, this uh, this book specifically deals with uh, a kid like going through the process of um, losing things that they know and having to enter foster care. We've got a lot of children's books, children's books about the experience, which is an experience that happens to a huge group of kids. Mm-hmm. So um, that's part of the reason why it took so long. I mean, it, there's, oh, it's just emotional. Yeah, I get really emotional about stuff like that. There's this movie called Oleander. I can't watch it. <laughs> I watched it once and I almost had a freaking panic attack because <laughs> it's just like seeing your life rendered like that really takes you back to certain traumas and stuff. So... I can appreciate that, man. It's 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 always interesting the things that will remind you of a of of a tough time in your life. Um, when uh, when when I lost my dad, we we had uh, we had the Harry. It was a Harry Potter weekend because on Freeform because it's always a Harry Potter weekend on Freeform, and uh, we had the Harry Potter movies on in the in the room because we were all big Harry Potter fans, and so we were doing that to kind of. Mm-hmm. Give them something to watch and something to take our minds off everything. I'm, but I'm House Ravenclaw. Are you? I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm a goddamn potato. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we had the Harry Potter movies on in the hospital room the weekend that he passed, and uh, I I I have found that my condolences, bro. I appreciate that, man. Uh, but it, is, it, it it in the in the in the time since it is harder for me to watch those movies. Um because sucks, yeah it, it does suck because that's kind of the first place they take me back to it's it's getting it's getting easier um yeah because i am such a big fan uh but, uh, yeah. but yeah it's it's always when you when you've had 
something like that happen in your life, you know, uh, a, a passing or like like growing up in foster care like that, when when you have when something kind of forces you to revisit that when maybe you don't want to, um, yeah, it can be tough. Yeah, tell me about it, bro. So let's uh, let's <laughs> let's 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 get back. Let's lighten it up a little bit here. Let's, but let's let's. I do want to talk a little bit about like you mentioned that a lot of your a lot of your inspiration for creating characters and and stories and all that comes from stuff like Calvin and Hobbes. What was finally like? What what led to the final decision of like I want to do? I want to be a voice actor. I want to be because you're a voice actor. I grant you're an artist all around. What was the What was that final driving force into that man? Well, um, the, the thing is, um, you know, I started in art, you know, so, I mean, I would always copy everything that I saw, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I read a lot of books, so eventually I had to, you know, start writing my own little things, you know? Um, you know, so then Lion King came around and I, and Goof Troop, and it was just a bunch of cartoons, you know, like how it was in the you know, early to mid nineties, it's like, there was always these great afternoons of cartoons, right? You know, the Disney, the Disney staple of cartoons and everything. And I, I started doing the voices, you know, especially doing Lion King, like Lion King was probably like the best training I ever got, you know, just, you know, such a great cast voice cast of uh, voice actors. I mean, Jim Cummings was there, you know, um, and that's when I just really started learning, about, um, you know, even though it's mostly celebrities, I mean, if you have Jim Cummings in your cast, you know, like that leads you to like all the other really giants in voiceover or whatever. So I just, you know, I was a early comic book reader and stuff too. And so it, it got me, remember a wizard, wizard comic entertainment magazine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like that was like my window into like all these various different artistic platforms and stuff. Like when they would like have cast lists or things, or or they would talk about um, whatever comic con was happening, whatever um, performers, like say voice voiceover actors or just actors, you know, from you know fan favorite movies would be there. I just started learning about all those things, and um, it just you know increased my interest in working on all of that sort of sort of stuff so i mean uh, eventually when i got emancipated from a foster care i went i went to school in uh, texas i wanted to leave california for a while and i went to a hbcu called uh prairie view again university and uh we wanted up uh i wanted up doing theater over there and uh lion king definitely was <laughs> lion king wanted to bring my audition piece like for so many different like venues or whatever, so I got I wound up doing it there, and you know voices and dialects and stuff was like always my thing. So uh, when I got out of when I got out of school, I wound up uh, actually uh, working on a movie called uh, Arsenal Confidential. Oh, okay. Um, that uh, Terry Terry Swigoff did with Daniel Klaus. Yeah, and I mean, you can imagine how nuts I was to meet Daniel. <laughs> That's crazy, uh, man. Oh yeah, man. Like, oh, oh yeah. Like, I mean, it was it was on all fronts. You know, Terry Zagoff did Ghost World, which was another um, um, Daniel Klaus thing. But I mean, I got to be a great director. I got to meet 
uh, John Malkovich. Spent two weeks like working with him, like one of my favorite actors. What? Then I got to, yeah. What? And <laughs> I'm very pleased to meet you, I'm John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know, then of course. Daniel Klaus, like, you know, the, the three sort of things that I do from art to directing to illustration and writing, you know, get to be inspired on there. And also I met a bunch of people that are um, on that set that I eventually would make my own production uh, company with. Uh, I made a, I wrote and directed a film uh, that came out in 2013, but I first started working on it like back in like 07. And it took a long time to put together. Uh, it's called Cruel Will. Uh, so, but it, it was um, it had worldwide distribution, so you can find it, um, you know, online anywhere. It has uh, it actually has uh, Doug Jones in it, which like oh. was nuts for me oh. <laughs> to actually have Doug Jones like one of my icons. <laughs> he got to be the monster in my movie. Oh, that's so cool! And uh, and, uh, and also. Uh, yeah, man, I, that was such a great experience. Um, yeah, so, um, I didn't really start doing professional voiceover until after all of that. Cause I, I was, I got in a rut trying to make my next film. It's so hard to raise money when you don't really have a lot of backing. Uh, so I just, I just kind of went back and really started focusing on my voiceover career. And I started about five years ago. And look, and and like your your voiceover range is is nuts. I mean, <laughs> just nuts. Again, uh, I cannot wait for people to hear Dead Serious season two. But even just from what we heard uh, from you at the beginning of the show here, with with the Mickey and the Donald and the Goofy, and hearing your hearing your Lion King, I I mean, just like I just I picture I picture you just like sitting around. Binging cartoons and hitting like 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 repeat repeating the same fifteen seconds over and over again until you can get the voice just right. You're you're not far off. Like I do that a lot. Anytime I hear an interesting voice, like I have to mimic it. As far as Donald, Donald took me like eleven years to get down. Eleven years, man. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, like it. And there was a bunch of characters that like that that were because I mean to to make to change your vocal cords in a place where you could do something comfortably, it really takes like kind of sculpting like your, your vocal box, you know, you know, so like and able to transition and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I remember one of the hardest voices for me to do. Was Barney Gumbo from the Simpsons. He saw hurt doing this voice. Man, I want some golf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, um, I remember that one. It didn't take that long to develop, but I remember it used to hurt doing that voice. You it was the same thing with Donald. Do you ever uh do you ever like did you ever like make an attempt to like catalog like all the voices you can do? Like just get a list? Um well, the closest I came to doing that was when I was trying to make like a a YouTube. I was trying to make a YouTube video of a bunch of Disney characters singing "Let It Go," and 
but I only limited it to, to Disney characters. So I never really did a catalog. Uh, maybe I should sit down and do that, I, actually. I don't know. That's not really a big thing in voiceover, though, because in voiceover, usually people don't want you to do classic voices because uh, that's what everyone thinks voiceover is. Hey, I, I can do Mickey Mouse, so hire me. You know? <laughs> right. You know, it, it's... <laughs> It's it's good that you've you've worked on that amount of uh, versatility because that that will lead to you to be able to create new voices, you know. Right. Because um, you know, like uh, Mark Hamill is like such a big influence on me, and I always I always made it a point to make sure that I can do the Joker just like Mark Hamill. <laughs> you know. And it's just like, no one's going to hire me to do Mark Hamill's Joker. <laughs> Holy shit, I got fucking goosebumps, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god, I got goosebumps. Joker, you're going to go down. We're all going to go down first, Patsy. <laughs> oh, Mikey's got wood. Mikey's got wood, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> this is the best day of my miserable life. Oh man, you're too kind, bro. Thank you so much. Oh um, shit. Yeah, but but yeah, but that's yeah. But again, they like to hear the versatility, but you know, um, like really, really mimicking serves you the best with voice matching. So I, I get a lot of I get a lot of voice matching work. Like recently, uh, Disney. Um, um, was going to hire me to, to do the rocks voice for, uh, they were going to do all of these kind of like, uh, samples for the jungle cruise. They're about to make the jungle cruise into the movie and the rock, the rock Johnson is going to be basically be the star in that movie. Hey, this is the rock, you know, <laughs> and, uh, he's, he's going to be the main character for that. So they, they originally they had me audition, uh, for some Moana stuff. I think they were probably going to make a Moana show. Oh shit! And uh, yeah, they brought me in for that, and I, I was close, but I think they got somebody that could do uh, his speaking voice and his singing voice. They only brought me in for the speaking voice because my uh, <laughs> it was that's one of the things. Like, can you do the voice? Can you act like the voice? And can you sing like the voice? It's like a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> that's oh, it's so cool. <laughs> Well, listen, yeah, man. So. It's 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 I I it's I could I could talk to you for hours. Only, oh, be, sure, man. Only only because I know that I would get to talk to so many different people without having to actually <laughs> talk to so many different people. Um, and Why, it, thank you so much. I like to talk to people. It gets me being mad. <laughs> what were we talking about again? Oh my fucking god! Oh, this is the best. <laughs> Arthur, man, it is. It has been like just an absolute treasure having you on the show today, man. It really oh, thanks, fucking man. has. Tell the people thanks, at home. I, I love to come back. I, lo I love talking I, about geeky you're, stuff, man. You're fucking. So anytime I'm, I'm, you talk about some movies or whatever, like I, I'm, I'm getting you back a, on this uh, fucking show. I'm getting you back on oh, this yeah, fucking man. show. Holy shit! <laughs> um, tell the people at home. Like I said, we got Dead Serious season two dropping in October. Dead serious. With with Arthur as the mole, we've got the uh, mole. Oh my god, it's so good! Um, 
Tell the people at home. The mo sounds so creepy. This is the fucking best. Well, tell the people at home where they can find your stuff online, your work, portfolio, you. Uh, tell them where they can go, man. Oh, sure. Well, my, my movie is a still out there. called Cruel Will, directed by Arthur Romeo. That's me. Um, you can also uh, check me out on Instagram. I'm doing posts of my T-shirt stuff, my fan art, uh, illustrations, and musings at, at Dreamboat82, like Dream. I have a dream boat that you ride on, 82. And um, you could, if you want some T-shirts, you know, like we could put anything on a T-shirt, like your whole family, custom drawings, like pretty much anything that you want. And that's at uh, the Star Society uh, apparel.com. So, like, uh, yeah, uh, check it out. And I don't know if you have links or anything. I can uh, send you all the links. Oh, yeah. If you have we'll, that on we'll, your website. We'll, we'll get those, we'll get those the, in the description. On the footnotes. We'll, we'll get that shit in the description that. of the episode. We'll, we'll everybody oh, cool, make cool. sure you go check that shit out. Um, yeah, man. Follow Arthur online. Arthur, my man, thank you so much for calling in and doing this today. Uh, so fun. So fun. Uh, guys, I love, I love, pod, I love podcasts, man. I'll, oh, fuck. You're the fucking best. Guys, that is going <laughs> to do it uh, for this week's episode of The Basement Lounge. Make sure you check Good out. Bye, everybody. Uh, bye, Mickey. Oh, oh I forgot you were here. Oh, Mickey. I'm, I'm so glad you were here. So glad you were here, Mickey. Um, oh, yeah. You did a really good job. I love it. <laughs> Everybody go! Everybody go! Go to uh, go to go to go to uh, Disney World and see Mickey. He's there. He's awesome. He's the king. Wow! <laughs> um, oh wow! If, if you can, if you can afford it, uh, make sure you check out. Uh, follow me online, guys. At Mike Shea Comedy on all the. Money. <laughs> yeah, if they, and if they don't take all your money, they're gonna buy your company. And then uh, follow me on all the social medias <laughs> at, at Mike Shea Comedy. My website, MikeShayComedy.com. Click the podcast tab for more information about this show. And uh, don't forget, you guys can now support the show on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Basement Lounge Pod. Um, guys, that's a, uh, as always, everybody uh, live well, rock on, take care. And bye bye. Make, make sure you support this guy. He really needs it. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at right now. Oh, oh.